What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 144. On this episode, we are joined by artist CLNY and we talk about, well, first I talk about my Patreon and merch shop uh, that she calls in. Uh, We talk about her getting started in music, her life in the military, the coronavirus, chemtrails, 9-11 truther talk, uh, TV shows, uh, making music some more, making beats, uh, Caviar Music's playlist, Twitter, internet friends, um, and a bunch of other stuff in between. Thanks for checking us out. A Podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, real quick before I get to our guest on this episode, uh, I'm going to do my little you should give me money shit. So go to patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. I will include a link, of course, in the description of the podcast. You can give me any amount of money to get early access to the podcast. Uh, you know, give a dollar a month. You'll get those early links. I think it sends you an email. I don't really know. I don't ask my patrons. Let me know, patrons out there. Uh, if you are a high enough tier of patron you can get shouted out like my mother hurricane haynes snappy the powwow jay marshall the dharma initiative bear and again um look into that that'd be great uh, also we have a merch shop if you would like to get a podcast shirt a hat a tote bag anything cool like that um i would love for you to buy one wear it around be all fucking cool and hipster and shit um Again, I will include a link in the description of the podcast. So, person I'm going to be calling, uh, the person I'm going to be calling for this episode here, and I don't know when this is going to come out because I've been trying to plan some people uh, to be calling in. Uh, this is one of those, and so we'll see when this actually releases. I'm going to call this person CL, uh, short for CLNY. I'm sure we'll get more uh, info on that coming up here. Uh, met them through Twitter, so I don't really know them all that well, but we bonded quickly over The Circle, a Netflix TV show. And then also, I believe they make music um, and some other stuff, and they're about to go do military shit, so they're going to call in uh, before they go do that. So anyway, that's the backstory there. So let's uh, give them a call. Yo. Um. So how... I said CL. Is that all All we're calling you on this? Yeah, that's fine. Perfect. All right. So um, I my intro was we met through Twitter because we both watched the show The Circle. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's, that's all. My wife, my, my wife made me watch that and like it was like it was pissing me off, but I couldn't stop. Right. I agree. Um, I've been annoying my wife with the new show and I'll get that to that in a moment. But uh. Yeah, so The Circle is a great show. We can talk about that later, but it was funny because we have other mutual friends on Twitter. Um, and I, you make music, and I make music, and uh, somehow it was the fucking Circle. And us being probably a little racist, saying this dude looked like Shoe Bomb. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was pretty – it happened. Um, so how long have you been making music, and, and what's that whole side and story like? Um, I've been writing, I guess, lyrics – um, since I was maybe eight or nine, I remember like the first time I wrote my first rhyme and it was like on a yellow sticky note of my sister's. It wasn't even like my stuff to be writing on. I wrote on her stuff and of course she found it and she read it in like this terrible English accent and it was embarrassing and they laughed and it was absolutely terrible. So I, I hid it for a long time. Um, it was like my little secret thing to do in my spare time. And I don't know, it just, it never left me. I took a lot of breaks. Uh, play ball in college and like just being a student and doing other stuff like you don't always know what a studio is and you don't always feel like writing you got other stuff on your mind and on your plate so I took a lot of breaks here and there but since um maybe like early 2017 uh, I came home from deployment I know we didn't talk about that but I'm actually active duty in the navy I'm stationed in Virginia when I came home from deployment I had written so much on deployment. I even like set up like a makeshift little studio on the boat, which was ridiculous because it's impossible to find a, a like a quiet place. Right. Um, but we made this little studio and I it sucked. So I just kind of focused on writing. And I told myself, when I get off this boat, 
And then we get back to, you know, U.S. soil, I was going to take it seriously. And so ever since then, like the last three, three years have been like insane. Well, hell yeah. Um, and you did send in music and we'll, at the end of this episode, I'll play one of your songs. And then also you're going to be on the music spinoff episode in the future for people listening. Y'all will get to hear that shit. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. I always like getting, uh, get to know people and stuff like that. So you said you're active in the military. Um, how long have you been doing that? Like when, when did you sign up? Ooh, uh, July 24, 2015. So it's good four and a half years. Yeah, that is a long time. Um, one of our co-hosts of the music podcast, Skinny, uh, he was in the army back in the day. So we have a few uh, veterans as well uh, on our podcast, like normal, you know, co-hosts and all that. And I'm an idiot because I'm like, I don't know shit about it. So I'm just <laughs> like, good job. I hope they paid you all well. Not enough from what I understand. <laughs> and <laughs> I just try yeah. not to be too offensive. Shout, shout out to Skinny then. You know, um, it's all about serving while serving. And when you finish serving, you, you serve in another way. It never really stops. Right. Um, um, Where did you grow up? Is there like anything particularly strange like that we could just, you know, really get into on the podcast? No. Um. So a lot of people like they'll notice like, you know, in videos and stuff like that. I wear my Wu-Tang around my neck. Um, I'm from Staten Island. I'm from Park Hill, Staten Island, which would explain uh, my Twitter name, Park Hill Matic. I was a, a big Nas fan growing up, so that's where you get the Illmatic, his first album, and I'm from Park Hill, Staten Island, so boom, that explains that. But no, I'm, I was a, a kid, scrappy kid from New York. I, I was born in uh, Staten Island. I grew up out on Long Island. Um, I bounced around a little bit. I lived up in Massachusetts for like a year. I lived in uh, Maryland for like a year. Um, I mean, I was a basketball player, so that kind of took me everywhere, but I think I, I had pretty like a normal thing, normal upbringing. Right. I mean, honestly, for me, because uh, I lived in Oklahoma my whole life and I lived in a town that had like three thousand less than three thousand people my whole life. It's down about eighteen hundred now. Uh, my hometown. I don't live there currently. Uh, but yeah. So if you're like, oh, I was just like in Staten Island, New York. I'm like, well, that sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> now, so. now I sound like you. <laughs> now, um, city life is like, you know, I, I know I have a homegirl that I deployed with from Oklahoma and she she kind of says the same thing so I've never been to Oklahoma I know you guys got like a uh, Air Force base out there and I always see yeah. that pop as an option and everybody's like you gonna click it and I'm like nah I'm good <laughs> yeah it's in Lawton Oklahoma so that place is about an hour from where I grew up um, it's where the nearest uh, like strip clubs are so when I turned 18 uh, me and all my friends, you know, would go straight there and be like, oh, so-and-so's 18. They got to go now, too. And so we would just go like every weekend. It was oh. someone's birthday. Um, so that's what I think of Lawton. But also my grandfather was like a correctional officer. So he knew this stat that like every two days someone was shot in Lawton. And that's like a lot for Oklahoma, right? Like that's just not a normal thing. And so, and like every other one of those happened at the strip club. So he would be like real fucking pissed off at me that I would go to the strip club. That's crazy. Usually strip club, man. You just came to see some uh, something shake. That's kind of crazy. Walling out at the strip club. Right. Yeah. Um, it was very ghetto, ghetto place, but it was great <laughs> memories. You know, uh, you see a lot of people get swindled. Uh, you learn a lot about just people, basically, yeah. when you're in a strip club, I think, uh, of how they handle themselves around people. You got. Right. I think you have to be cool. You know, but I had a friend that's like, here's $40 for a lap dance. And it's like halfway through the song. He's like, here's another $40. I'm like, bro, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you got to chill out. <laughs> I've seen that. I've, you see that overseas, like when we deploy and we get to like the first port is like, you know, Naples, Italy or something like that. And, you know, people just lose it. They drink too much. And ne next thing you know, like we can't find them or it's just it's always bad. Yeah. So. Uh, be careful out there, strip clubs. It's been a long time since I've been to a strip club, so I'm not like a cool, real rapper because uh, I don't, I don't keep that going. Um, but I'm also old, you know. If I was still young, maybe. But as an old person, I feel I'm being old. weird. I'm being old, and in a strip club, I like when other people throw money, so I can just watch. Y'all paying for me to watch too, right? And I, <laughs> I used to always tell people like the key is if you take other women there, for somehow other women always show their tits that aren't the strippers. That is true. It's like a, like a yawn. Like if I yawn, you got to do it too. Right. It's it's strange. So uh, anyway, I've always told friends like, "Well, take take some girl with you, and that'll you'll see their tits." There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we got going on. Um, for military wise, 
I'm sure like just overseas, what other countries have you been to? Um, so I've been to Italy. I've been to um, Paris, France. I've been to Bahrain and the UAE. I've been to um, Dubai. Um, that was just on one deployment. Uh, prior to that, uh, like I said, I was an athlete in college. So I, I got to play in Switzerland for a little bit. So I got to see um, kind of like those areas that kind of touch Switzerland around in Germany. Um, and it was like a lot of like country and land. It didn't look like much, but the air was different. And it was just like, it was an experience. I mean, I haven't been to Japan yet, which is definitely on my list. Um, Korea, I haven't seen yet. Um, and hell, um, my service career isn't over yet. So I'm, I'm hopeful to see it at some point. Right. Um, does it make you nervous with the, cause at the moment of this recording, I might hold it for a couple weeks, but are you nervous for like the coronavirus or anything like that? Nah, man, I'm from New York. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, at this moment, have no fear. Now, again, I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, so the chances of even fucking getting here, you know, I'm like, who even knows? Um, but I know a lot of people at this moment are scared. You know, they're like canceling yeah. vacations and shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no cruises. They're not trying to like. No, I, I, I understand it. I'm just not like I, I haven't been overtaken by fear. Um, I, I think I was more afraid of that that other thing that happened. And it was like up in D.C. They took like this one patient. It was like the bird flu or something like it was some other kind of. But it, it, it happens so often. And honestly, like it's not like I have a choice could be like, no, nah, man, coronavirus is out there. I can't come to work now. They're going to be like. Man, if you don't, you know, so it's like, you know, I don't really get a chance to be afraid. Um, you know, when I talk to my family and stuff like that, they're they're more like germophobic than I am. So I, I know they're going to take precautions if any if any need to be taken. So now eh, it's like one of those things you hear about it, but it's like. Right. I I don't ever go to the doctor. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'll be OK. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely not fearful, but maybe I should be. I'm also like uh, being in Oklahoma, we do this thing where like we have tornadoes a lot. And so we're like, let's go outside and look for those. Oh, hell no. Oh, like that movie Twister. <laughs> exactly. So like yeah, well, that was um, my movie as a kid. You'll yeah, that was filmed here. It was oh, uh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. People love it or hate it if they're here. Um but yeah, like if there's a tornado one hundred percent, I'm like that redneck dude and I don't really come across that way that's like in the backyard like but can we see the funnel coming down from the cloud? Whereas in like my wife will be like, We gotta find shelter and I'm like, We'll be fine. It's okay. I've lived here my whole life and she has too. I'm like, it's all right. Because you can't predict it. You know, it's right. gonna do what it does and that's the way I feel about it. So um I have to kind of have the same attitude about the coronavirus at this moment. Now, I do think it was probably a biological weapon created by China and they accidentally got released and now they're like, ooh, it's a sickness and they're like trying to contain it. But, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? You think the same about like uh, like when they have um, like these crazy weather patterns that, you know, I mean, somehow nobody's preparing for and it just came out of nowhere. And But you have all of these machines that are supposed to track these things. Right. Well, and the weather's strange. I think there's two... There's like mobile sides, of course, but one is uh, the government does own a bunch of patents. Actually, I think Bill Gates has bought up a bunch of patents about weather controlling machines. Mm. And that just seems weird. Like, what the, why is he doing that? <laughs> and uh, then here in America, the way, from what I understand, and I'm no meteorologist, but from what I understand, there are math problems you can use to predict the weather, like using all this different stuff, but we don't. We use history. They just mm. have like all the history of since they've been keep a track for the last hundred years. And then they're like, well, if it was this way three days in a row, it was always like this. So that's what mm -hmm. they use now. So that's why they're, they can be wrong. But I think yeah. in Europe, they still use the math problems. Apparently they're way more accurate, but I don't know. I've never been to Europe. So that's dope to you. Like talk to somebody else who, if I say it first, everybody's like, you know what I mean? But you say it first and I'm like, yes, thank you. So now yeah. I, Feel it. Now, I feel it. Like somebody made that shit up. We have another artist friend who's called in before, Brad Sorex, who thinks contrails from airplanes are chemtrails, and they're like doing shit with airplanes. And my wife is over there giving me the nod. She tells me, she's <laughs> like, "Told you." Yeah. So I personally don't believe it, but I don't see airplanes often here. He lives uh, in Pittsburgh. He's like, "No, bro, they're marking X's all over the sky because they're like targeting people." 
Mm, well, you know what? I see them all the time. We we also live, there's an international airport. There are actually uh, two airports, not counting Richmond, uh, which is still fairly close if they're going south um, or further east. But I mean, there, we got airports over here, the Naval base over here, you know, they, they do their, their flight thing. And a lot of times, you know, you might get army guys, you might get um, the Air Force is seen a lot, but um, they're, they're always making these trails. And I, I would agree. Um, it's got to be something, right? Because it's just like. Um, well, I think the way the conspiracy theory works, in my understanding, is there's you have to like say, well, there are normal contrails from airplanes, but then there's also chemtrails, which are the ones in which they're doing shit too. And right. so then, whenever you're talking to someone who believes, they're like, "Well, those are fine, but I'm talking about these special ones over here." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay," uh, and maybe it's true. I've only like just like I, said, I don't see airplanes too often, you know. But I'll enjoy some conspiracy theories. Like my favorite, and it's probably way too close to home. You being from New York, but I watched the Loose Change movie Thank on like nine eleven, and I was like, "Fuck, Thank I will you. never believe anything else for my life, like my whole life." You know, they do this. In uh in our boot camp where it's like a for anybody going to the navy just mute this part and I'll do like this with my hands when it's time for you to unmute it but like they do this thing and um they come in in the morning they fucking rile everybody up and they yell at you you have no idea what the fuck whoever did what and um you know they they drop everybody you know you got kids that have like never really worked out like that before so they you know make everybody do all these push ups and like in your mind you're like oh my god this is terrible like, when are we gonna stop you know, and they do all of this stuff and they get you all sweaty. And then they make everyone sit Indian style on the floor and they play this terrible YouTube video of a little girl who supposedly lost her father in the World Trade Center. And it's like her at like eight and then like 12 and then like 14. And she keeps speaking to her dad about losing him. And it's like it's, it's a tearjerker. You know, it, it, a lot of people I know someone who, per, you know, personally who lost her parents um, in the trade buildings. And as a matter of fact, uh, my mom and dad, they met working for opposite Swiss banks in the World Trade buildings and they met there. And that's when they began dating. So it was like, you know, it's it's a sentimental thing, but it was just like this video at that time will really fuck with your head right. if you're not like level headed. But like I'm from New York and I'm, you know, I'm talking about being old. I'm 30. Right. So, you know, at the time I was 25 and I, I remember when it happened. Um, I was fully aware of what was going on. And, you know, I was like, of like 18 year olds who none of them were from New York and all of them were babies when it happened. So I'm like, you motherfuckers crying. You don't even know what, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like, it, it was a funny thing, that, but I was able to realize what they were doing. It was a whole mind thing, but yes, loose change. And the other one, I can't think of uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. That was another one that I really liked. Right. And then um, I even watched the one, they have it on Netflix, uh, National Geographic, I think, did it, that counter goes against Loose Change. You know, I wanted to be thorough. And I watched the one that was like, hey, we're here to disprove everything Loose Change said. And I watched and I was like, still fucking believe it. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> They'll be like, actually, uh, fires could destroy steel beams because jet fuel burns at a higher temperature. I'm like, okay, so the jet fuel just happened to pull up around all four fucking beams at one time. All right, I don't know about all this shit. So I was like, I watched with. It's dope that you even like, yeah, I, I fucks with, I fucks with it because the conspiracy theorists around here most of the time they're military and it's really just like they'll they'll see nothing wrong with the things that happen here that maybe you know someone here is responsible for right well i think the thing that stick with me the most is that it starts off with this whole dick cheney wrote a memo or a pamphlet a year before it even happened saying we need theater wars and something like pearl harbor yeah. to happen and i'm yeah. like oh my god dick cheney said that yeah. <laughs> it's like oh man <laughs> it was interesting when they talked about a uh, uh, president bush his 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 sibling was actually um, covering the contract that was the the contract work that was going on involving the elevators and shit like that, and all of a sudden, like you know, well now it's exploding from the sides before it even gets that low, and it's oh, what is this? Is this explosives? Or mm, I don't think it's supposed to burst from the bottom like that. You right. know, I thought it was really interesting. And I, I mean, I agree. A lot of people I bring that up to. Um, are like they think you're like something's wrong with you that you would believe yeah. that like you're unpatriotic it's like no i think exact opposite actually you know yeah. i think someone's swindling us and america deserves to know it 
fucked up, but it does happen. Right. I mean, I watch also way too many shows. I've I started watching. We can get, totally get a TV talk through this. Uh, I started watching the show on Netflix. It's not a Netflix show, I don't think, but it's called Designated Survivor, and it's got Kiefer Sutherland, and he's like the guy they leave in case everyone else dies in the cabinet, and everyone else dies in the cabinet. So this like normal guy who's an independent left as the president, and then he starts doing like real fucking shit, and it's like fuck yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, watched the first season and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll get you know to the. I think there's two more seasons of it, but it's a pretty interesting show. So I got to rec- recommend that one. Um, but and then the circle. So we mentioned the circle before as a reality show. I was going to say another one. I know you've watched one. I haven't. You will recommend and one I would recommend that me and the wife just started or have caught up on now is called Love Is Blind. So they basically took like the part of the circle in which uh, you don't see each other except they're sitting in these room pods and then they like talk to people through these. I don't know, speakers maybe or screens. I don't know exactly how they did it. And uh, they basically try to get engaged to someone off never seeing them, which is fucking crazy. That sounds worse than 90 Day Fiance. Right. And so it's like within like three days, people are like, I think I'm in love with them. And then so you as a viewer at home are like, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Like you're like yelling at them, right? Like, you're so stupid. Um, That's a lot. So, like, the first week, which I think was five episodes, kind of like the way the circle did it, like, in batches, uh, they're all in the pods, and then they got to meet each other at the very end of that those episodes. The people that, like, five or six couples got engaged to each other. Yeah. Like, for real, for real? Well, they did, but they're all, like, they can break up at any time. So, to me, I'm like, well, are you really engaged? You know, I don't know. Uh. Uh, but some of them have made a couple of them have broke up since then. But now they're like going to get married. Their whole thing is they have to get married within like 30 days. Is there a money thing? Like what's the. No, it's just part of being in an experiment and finding love and blah, blah, blah. And doing it without physical. Could you do that? Um, No, probably not. I'm pretty much on board of being like, I don't think I could ever. Definitely could never marry someone I didn't have sex with. I know uh, people like disagree and they think they should wait. I'm just like, <laughs> and again, this is probably objectifying women and I hate to do it, but it would be like buying a car without ever driving it. You know, it's like, what if you just don't fit in the car well, or it's just not made for you or something doesn't vibrate? That just seems risky. Now I get <laughs> the opposite argument is if like everyone's a virgin going into it, then you don't know any better. But I think that's a shitty argument personally. Mm. But I don't, I mean, teach their own, you know, but that's where I would be weird. Now, if I went into it being like, oh, as long as I just get engaged, we'll have sex that night. Because that's what happened to all of these people, all these couples, except a couple. And then then they you could figure it out later, I guess. But that also seems kind of strange. I don't know. I think like pheromones play a part in like the real world. They say like shit you can't even really smell, but like your nostrils can pick up plays a part in like who you're attracted to. And so it seems weird if you never saw someone, if that couldn't be a part. But people, I've also like never had Tinder. Like I've been with my wife since before Tinder became popular and like became a thing. So I know, like I have no experience in that world. So I know people today's version of dating just different also than what I would think of. Like they're totally being like, oh yeah, I'll just go browse online through the catalog of people. It's like, (laughs) that's fucking crazy. I can't I think about that often. Like, like, can you... You remember a time where it's like everyone had to have a, like a house phone? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then before that, it was if I had something to say to you and you didn't live nearby, I had to like send you a letter. Right. Yeah. Wait days. You know, now it's just like that instant gratification. Swipe, swipe, swipe. You know, it's just like, mm, I don't think people even. Sometimes they don't even get to know themselves. You know, I think like, you know, years ago, you you spend enough time in silence without having something to constantly distract you from uh, any type of reflection. Right. It's just like, you know, I think that's I think that, you know, more than anything is probably like the downfall of a lot of relationships. And then we just find it so entertaining and normal. Now it's on TV and Netflix and everywhere else. Right. Well, and I think being an artist, as I'm sure you can deal with uh, and even me like making a podcast most of it really is kind of just therapy, you know, like writing a song or making a beat or even doing this podcast and getting to like share my thoughts about shit is because me as an adult, you don't get to do that shit hardly ever. You know, you're all busy and doing shit. And so um, 
I, I just think anyone who makes shit and creates shit, they're different. And nothing against people that don't, but I do, and I'm sure you know people as well. They're like, they just, uh, they do just go to work um, and then they can come home and they can just watch TV and then they do it again the next day. And I did that. I quit music for like five years and I was kind of miserable. And then now that I do it again, I'm like, I just have to at least do it even if it sucks, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, I just really, really need it for whatever reason to create shit. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't, but then I'm giving them like, yeah, I'm glad I do. Catharsis is a, is a big, is a big deal. Like, uh, I had a buddy of mine who literally just came and like, he was supposed to be, I thought he was going to be recording me. He, you know, try to save me a couple of bucks from going to the studio. And he literally just dropped off like his entire home studio at my house. And like, I haven't heard from him in three days now. Um, and I don't know how to use this shit. So it's really <laughs> like, Hey man, where the fuck are you? Right. So, um, but still it's a, it's a thing where, um, it's not so much as to, not to me at least, uh, am I going to be able to make money off this or how many, you know, whatever. It's just like, does this sound good to me? Am I getting whatever I had on my chest? Am I getting, am I getting that out? Do I feel fulfilled? You know? And that's really important because shit, sometimes, you know, I, I can imagine like if, if I quit my, if I quit my job as if I could, right. If I just stopped going, I probably wouldn't have some of the experiences that inspire me to write. Right. You know, and I think that's really important from like heartbreaks and relationships to, you know, those teaching moments to, you know, pain and joy and all of that shit. It, it all really matters. And I think music really loses its therapeutic uh, ability when we make it about trying to fit a mold or to sound like, you know, something um, because we're hoping it'll be popular, not because we could feel it, but because we're hoping that like, you know, I don't, I don't fucking know what to call it, but like, we're hoping it'll catch on and just like, you know, even if it loses all of the other aspects that make music such a universal thing that brings a lot of people together. Right. I mean, and I could say this cause I've lived it, you know, I've made music for years having like no fans, you know? So like, that is not what drives me, you know, it's not at all for that. Cause I'm like, dude, trust me. I put out mixtape after mixtape that no one gave a fuck about. <laughs> like, I don't, that wasn't really my motivating factor. Now this year I've broke even on my music. So I'm like pretty proud of that or whatever. Um, but I was in like a discord group and I've been in group chats, things like that with other, you know, producers and rappers and so many people, it's about numbers, you know, and they'll be like, hey, what do y'all think about paying $10 to get on this playlist? And I'm like, I'm firmly against it. Now, you can do what you want to do. I don't, I'm not going to judge you too hard. But I think it's obvious when you have 90,000 listens and I hear your song and I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have 90,000 listens. Like, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I do think it's obvious. And I think you do yourself a disservice with some of these things and we should all be turning in everyone who sends you a message. Cause that's against Spotify's terms and agreement. And they can be like kicked off fucking Spotify for charging you money for a placement anyway. So wow. I didn't even know that. I think it's all strange. Uh, the world, <laughs> like the way the music world is, you know, but, uh, I will keep making it. And I'm like, hopefully they put me on playlists and people will play me and like me. Uh, and I'll listen to people I like, you know, I think that's, also cool. I think that's my favorite part of Spotify is I get to listen to a lot of people I would have never heard of ever. You know, like a lot of people complain about yeah, they'll complain about CD. You know, while back in the day, I had a whole all these CDs and you own the music. And I'm like, yeah, you did. But like, how many CDs could you have? You know, like even my iPod, like I had a 32 gig iPod full of music, but I would have more songs. I'm like, fuck, I wish I could fit these on, too. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's different because like some of us really love music, you know, and some people, they don't, it don't matter like that. Um, but I'm like, there's just all the music, like all the music you want's there. It's great. I definitely feel that. I think, um, at least from my side of the world, um, you know, when we go out to sea, like there are no cell phone towers out there. So like the number one problem is, uh, a, a sailor is pretty much guaranteed to lose their fucking shit. If, they can't have the one thing that brings them peace, which is usually, um, aside from the daily phone call or email message that like really keeps you like sane, music. The, there are like, a few things. It's like the gym, decent food, 
you know, hearing from a loved one, you can you can last a few days without it, but like no music. And I think, you know, some of the people that use Spotify, I think that's like their number one complaint. Not, not that they're going to fucking fix it for, you know, a bunch of sailors, but like if you're outside of the range for too long, you lose your entire library. Oh, and, the downloaded library doesn't stay? Yeah, um, no. Interesting. Yeah, I've never never tested it, so I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's um it's definitely a force though because uh, I hear, like you said, you know, artists that I wouldn't normally hear, and I can build up my own playlist, and you know, and it's just it's, it's really really um it's very forward. I, I mean, I as you said, CDs like I've got a backpack. And there's probably, you know, a hundred CDs in their original case with the booklet and the whole, right. you know, but I, I don't even want to go buy a CD thing. You remember everybody used to have those and you slide them in there and you got all the cases. I don't want to go buy those shits. Uh, do I hate buying music digitally? Yes, because I don't understand it. It's more so, you know, when I had to buy a CD, I might pay ten ninety nine for uh, my favorite artist. Now, granted, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the type of music enjoy it. I listen to a little bit of everything, but I don't buy everything. If it's somebody I really like, I'm going to buy it. Right. Um, you know, if it's somebody who I don't really know about, I might go listen to it on YouTube. And if I like it, I'm going to buy it. Um, and I know that I'm paying 10.99 for this album. You know, I, do I know how much they get from it? No, but I feel better about doing that versus having something like Apple play where I have access to everyone's shit for, you know, a flat rate. And God forbid I'm in college now with half of that. And I just, I don't really understand how getting paid works. And I like that you talked about, you know, numbers because I actually don't look at my numbers. I, I, I cannot tell you, and that might be working to my disadvantage, but I can't tell you how many streams I average on a day or in a month. Do I check, you know, when Spotify sends me an email and says, Hey, you've increased 900,000% because in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's probably because I went from zero plays and someone picked up that song and put it on a playlist that did well. And now I have 200 plays. But right. it's like, to me, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel fulfilled. It's when I get a message from someone who doesn't know me and goes, yo, that song you got, I don't even know how I found it, but thank you. I feel like you spoke for me. I've been feeling like that. And I couldn't even put it in words. And you made a song and I felt it. Thank you. I've been playing it for two days straight. You know, it's shit like that. It's, you know, a buddy of mine that I deployed with that uh, went back home to St. Louis that called me drunk as hell. Uh, like, what was that, New Year's? That was like New Year's. And he was just like, yo, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I do stand-up comedy now. I'm like, what? what the fuck? Who let you on a stage with a mic, man? You're the most disgruntled dude I know. He's like, no, like, I swear to God. And every time I come out, I come out to one of your songs because like, I feel you, you know, you've always been real to me, just a regular person. I remember, you know, recording on the ship and it was terrible and you made something of it and I'm inspired. And, you know, it's shit like that. You know, it's not the numbers to me. And I'm really grateful that that's my outlook because the people who are all about numbers, it's almost like they forget to feel the music. It's no longer therapeutic for them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to, uh, you know, Graveyard Entertainment because they're basically the only reason my numbers went up because they put me on a fucking playlist. Um, So they're the homies for sure. And playlists are a big deal. And that's really where a lot of Spotify numbers come from. Uh, You know, I have two artist accounts. I have one for my uh, rap songs. I have one for my beats. And my beats, I have more monthly listeners, but way less listens. Because I'll get on some like, you know, playlists that are like just rap beat playlists that someone might listen through once. But my raps, like people are listening to like an average of like 20 times each song. You know what I mean? So it's like they're different. Um, I don't know which one's necessarily better. I per- personally am like, I like the fact people come back and listen to it. But it might just be my friends, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know if that's are good friends are good you know sometimes you got friends and they still don't listen so That's, friends are good we, we'll take those it's a good point it's a good point um <laughs> All right, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom.
yeah, and, re- and I just started making my own beats uh, at this point, uh, like 18 months ago or so, something like that, maybe 20. I wish anyway. I knew how to do that. I, my brain is like, just focus on the words. <laughs> like, okay. Well, what happened was I, I quit forever of doing any any rapping, and then when I came back, I made a mixtape, and I thought it was really fucking good, but I didn't own any of the beats. And then the first producer, I tried to be like, all right, I'm going to really get into paying producers. You know, I think I'm there. And uh, the guy tried to charge me $2,500, and I like laughed at him and was like, I'm just going to learn how to do it myself. If you can charge someone $2,500, I'm going to make a beat and charge someone $2,500. That's crazy. Um, and then... Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I took a week off work and uh, I spent about 70 hours that week watching YouTube tutorials. Wow. And then <laughs> after that, I was, de- I mean, I wasn't good by any means, but I knew what everything did for the most part. I could get through some shit. And then I would say within three months, I was making what I would say is like my original beats. And then nowadays, I think they're pretty good. But then again, I thought my stuff was good months ago. That's I don't now, you know, so I'm sure I'll keep getting better. It's how it is with all the music, it seems. Uh, I do try to sell them, so I'm not acting like I'm not for the money and the listens and people give me some money. But it's really because it's like, well, I spend so much time on them. Pay somebody else, so get it. Right. So um, we'll see what happens, you know, fingers crossed. A guy hit me up uh, yesterday at the time of this recording of asking about beats, and I was explaining to him how, like, yeah, you'll need to buy a beat, you know, if you want to get on Spotify. I was like, honestly, if you download a, you know, free for nonprofit beat off YouTube and upload it to SoundCloud, no one normally cares and it's fine. But if you're going to monetize it on Spotify, you need to, uh, first off, the producer gets 50% of that beat or that song. And a lot of people don't know that. And they upload all the time and don't do that. But unless you've talked to a producer or you've bought away those rights of the right, you know, the, the songwriter's fee, you're supposed to do that. But a lot of people don't. And that's why producers have to charge like $200 leasing fees is because people don't do that part. You know, if if you really talk to a producer and you're going to work with them a lot, at least people at my level would work with you, you know, now, but everyone wants to just buy a $50 lease from cash money AP. And I always use him as an example, but only because I hear his beats fucking everywhere and everyone just has the same beats and the same leases. And I'm like, this is crazy, but yeah. that's just not how I, I uh, make songs. But then again, the last, you know, 18 months or so, I've only wrapped on my own beats. So the world's different. Well, now. <laughs> no, that's, um, shit, you put the time in. That's, uh, that's more than deserved to have that different world. I think um, I've run into, like, just guys who are lazy, like producers who are lazy, who is like, you know, they just want their sound out there and their tag out there. But... You know, they don't want to do the paperwork. They don't have an ASCAP or, you know, um, uh, the other account, uh, BMI. Right. And they don't want to, like, get the, and, like, paperwork is, like, such a big thing. I try to tell people all the time, get you a fucking paperwork right because that's where the money is. You know, the money ain't in the jig dance that you're doing. The money isn't in, you know, the chains and the, the whatever in your video. The money isn't even always in the the harmony of your flow the money is in making sure your paperwork is right because that shows that you really care and that's what's going to cover your ass and get you what you deserve so yeah definitely you know you're taking it out of somebody else's hands and making your own beats with right i mean at the very least you know, i can make my own music which i'm i enjoy doing and then i'm just kind of like some frosting on the cake you know of yeah. like someone else wants some because i have Literally 300 extra beats on my computer. So I'm interested. So <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, at this moment, and by the time this comes out, it'll be over. I do have like this flash sale. So I really hope people take advantage of my beat store, but I don't, I don't know. I've, I'm a man of little faith these days. No, man, send, send me a link. And then, you know, if I can pass the word on, and that's the cool thing about Twitter. Like when you, you know who you vibe with on Twitter, like almost immediately. Either right. you know you're talking to some asshole or, you know, you're talking to somebody you can see eye to eye with. And those are the people, unless you're like a troll and you're just looking for people to piss off or, you know, you're just miserable. Like, you know, you you go and say, you know, follow. I'm, I want to see what this this person is about. or I like what they got going on. And even if you can't see yourself in the in the thing, I really um, I really appreciate like the people that I've come into contact with on Twitter. Um because it was like 
probably my weakest social media platform for the longest. Um, I didn't really know how to use it. Maybe I was just following the wrong people. And um, when I got in with Caviar Music and then from there, you know, Graveyard ENT, you know, shout out to those two because honestly, they are the ones that connected me with everyone. As soon as I kind of came out of my shell and uh, started looking at the other artists, even if I wasn't on the playlist, you know, I would look at the other artists and find them and follow them and see what they had going on. And yo, it's it's magic and there's a really good community. So for those beats, that flash sale, make sure you shoot me a DM um, before the night is over and let me let me tell let me tell my people because we're we're networking. Hell yeah, hell yeah, I'll definitely send it over to you. And yeah, Caviar, that's a great one. I'm trying to get um, Caviar Music, whoever the fuck is behind that, on the podcast. I don't know yeah. the person's name, you know. Uh, I've they've added me as a friend, so I'm halfway there. And um, we we will see, we will see. I haven't made it on any of their playlists. Now I will say, here's my thoughts on it, and it's something that's been on my mind a lot because you may see CJ Jones on Twitter as well. Definitely the homie. He has a podcast as well, so we've bonded over the fact we like are basically like the same person, kinda. Um, but we we talk about in DMs of like I think the people that like go out of their way to be like I love caviar music everyone blah 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 seem kind of fake sometimes mm. you know what I mean and like I think caviar is great and I'll like you know reply to some stuff but I would feel like a fake person like tweeting with a comment of like the homie caviar music when I'm like well not really I don't really fucking know him that you know what I mean so. I also I'm like I'm like shy and introverted like that, so I overthink Twitter a lot. Where like I'll top something, I'm like oh, I don't know that person like that. I'm not gonna top it. Where it's like then again, no one fucking knows anybody. So what is I don't know. I just so, gotta get over it. I would say just go for it. Honestly, like I I'm not even shy. I just don't talk to people that I don't know. I'm just you know uh, borderline antisocial. Like honestly, like I'm fine with being in a crowded place and having no one speak to me, and I just you know, move in the shadows. Like, you know, so I, as an artist, I had to kind of come out of my shell a lot and learn to be more vocal because, um, you know, if you don't, you know, you're not going to get an echo if you be silent. You, you, you can't landscape the room. You don't know if someone else is in there. Like you need to, um, be vocal and it's okay. And it's at first it feels a little weird. It's a little vulnerable. What do I say? What don't I say? But if you just say it all, I mean, honestly, if you say nothing, that's worse. Um, but caviar, I probably tweeted at least twice just being appreciative of, uh, the fact that he's just genuine. Um, I probably caught caviar music before the bubble that's happening now. Right. Uh, now everyone is just like, it's probably like a freaking a gnat fight every time he gets on Twitter and his mentions, I can only imagine. But um, I was kind of just like not really good at Twitter. And the only one who would tweet about my music was like my uncle, who's a DJ in South Carolina. And like, you know, um, I would get, you know, one or two people that will actually listen to my pinned tweet. Um, and that might be cool, but that Pence tweet is, has been there since 2017, since I really started taking you know my platform seriously. And it's still like under 100 retweets and 100 likes. So this is like, it's it's a process. And I, I don't remember exactly how Caviar found me or I knew, I didn't know who he was at first um, or what he did. And I was skeptical at first and I was waiting for him to, Ask me for some money to put me on a playlist because, right. you know, I've seen that a lot. And even like doing shows and stuff, when I would do shows, I was so used to like people expecting me to pay to play. And, you know, that sucks. But they teach you kind of like, you know, you got to get your feet wet until anyone knows you, you know, how else you're going to get on stage. And that was kind of how I expected this to go. I mean, I've even paid for, you know, bloggers will hit me up like, hey, we want to do a story on you, you know, pay this amount. Um and we'll do a write-up. And if you don't have any press and you want to put something out, something different than your links, then, yeah, you want to mix up the media and you go, you know what, I'll take that. And then before you know it, someone who didn't pay for it sees it. They find you. They like your music. Now they're a fan. And it's just like it turned into this other thing. And all I had to do 
was, you know, be vocal. And eventually Caviar found me and I sent him a couple of links and we traded numbers. And I was really shocked at how like, just like genuine. And I'm like, dude, what is this about? And you know what? It's like the person who thought about um, making Facebook a, a place, a magnet for ads, right? You got all of these people that use Facebook and all they do is talk to people that they go to school with. Like at first it was a college kid thing, right? So then when you open it up to the world, now you have everybody who wants to use Facebook. Well, if you want to sell something and everyone's on their phone looking at Facebook, looking right here, you have to pay me top dollar and I'll put your ad in front of all of them. And that's literally what Caviar is building. You know, he may not say that, but I think it's genius. First of all, he likes the music. And I think that's the best part about it. It's really genuine. It's not for the purpose of startup to sell off. It's really him liking music, liking different kinds of music, and just having the time to say, I love this song and the way it bleeds into this song and we're going to follow it with this record. And, and none of these artists are mainstream. Right. Yeah, I listen so to it, it every month or at least the last few months since I've been following him. It takes regular people. And what's cool is if your song is on a playlist or not on a playlist, but you've had some sort of something with caviar, he just introduced you to 50 other artists per month that you didn't know existed. And it's just like, yo, at some point, caviar is going to build himself into um, a really, really good position where he will have connected and touched so many artists and, and, you know, influenced their career. And really like, you know, that doesn't mean you go change the type of music to hope, you know, this'll do it. This is, this is a hit. It's really, he takes that away from, you know, you don't have to make a hit. You just have to make something that is, that you can feel. Right. He's not going to choose some BS that you can listen to the radio for. He's going to choose something genuine. And I think he's really good at like, you know, reading energy. So, you know, he gets people that'll spam him up with links. I'm sure he hates that. Um, because he I know really I do. I mean, my podcast is like a way less successful version of his playlist. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're not going to get a lot of listens from my podcast, but it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, it'll be pretty entertaining. And uh, the music is really good on my music podcast. So it's always like, and people are always like today, someone hit me up on Twitter. We're like, Sorry, dude, I haven't listened to the two episodes I'm on. Y'all are fucking awesome. And I'm like, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. But, like, that was someone that was on it. It took them a month to check it out. You know what I mean? So, like, you're fighting, like, this uphill battle for people to really check out a podcast. So I understand, like, I'm doing, like, a weird medium here or whatever. Um, but people ask me all the time, how much am I charging? And I'm like, I don't charge anything. Just send me <laughs> fucking music, bro. And I'm going to play it. Yeah. Uh, so I... I'm sure it's super stressful. I'm sure it's super stressful for him. Um, I also think it helps, uh, from what I understand a little bit about him, he does manage some other artists. Yeah, TKO. TKO is cool, too. He's he's pretty talented. Right, and but he's not the artist, right? Whereas in, like, I'm pretty cool about not being too, like, full of myself. But even then, if I was the run running the big playlist and I made music, it'd be so hard not to, you know, put your song on the playlist. But well, I think it helps not being care. in that position. It's in moderation. Um, because, you know, when I see Caviar's playlist there, you know, I always tell him, like, hey, you know, TKO show is in there. You make sure. You know what I'm saying? But it's never like a jab at him. It's always like, yo, you're loyal as fuck because you are not only helping thousands of other artists that you don't know personally that aren't paying you to do this and aren't always all that nice to you. You know, you never forget about the people who are, you know, right. who were from the beginning, which is another really big clue at how genuine it is. Right. is. And I mean, all that is like being pretty cool. Um, and then also similar with like Graveyard and all these people again that I want to have on, just have it yet. Of the, it's, they're like a team, right? And as someone that me, I've done all this myself, you know, and I do all this, my, like I I'm record, edit, mix, all the content you hear between the Beats podcast and raps. Um, I don't, and even then I have to like market and share my links and like, I'm not saying I have to have friends do that, but I just don't, right? I don't have that, that little network of shit. So when I see people, I'm like, that's awesome. I think it's so cool that y'all have like a, 
Like today when I was like, hey, man, some guy from Graveyard's listening to 50 episodes already of the podcast in the last two weeks. And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so, our security guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that's cool. Like there's, they have a security guy, right? Like, <laughs> I, I have my co-hosts that are friends that come over. And I mean, I'm really grateful for the ones that, you know, can make it on as regulars. Um, but you can't even get people to like share your links that are on the podcast and stuff, you know? So it's like just so hard some days, but I enjoy Twitter. Cause you said, you know, you're kind of newer to, I am as well. I was on Instagram more and Facebook. I've seemed to like Twitter a lot more because I think you can find people that you understand or at the rather the same level, I don't know about talent wise or passion wise, but yeah, like you vibe with them. Um, and then as long as you keep dickheads off your friends list or whatever, it's really chill. Like a lot of people complain that Twitter's too toxic. I'll be honest, I don't see any of that shit. You know, every once in a while I'll see some stuff that's like kinda racist. Not real racism, you know, but like the well, we probably shouldn't say that, regardless yeah. of whoever, but like they'll some of that'll blow up. But in general, my Twitter's pretty chill. You know, it's all music and People sharing links, check me out, and a lot of positive messages. And I'm a negative person, so I enjoy, you know, all these people like go out That's today and kick kick ass. I'm like, yeah, all right, guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, I I thought I was just much better at Instagram because I understood the marketing aspect. I, I knew how to use that better. Um, Facebook, I, I fucking suck at. I mean, I don't like talking about my music from my personal page. I did create an artist page. Uh, about three years ago, actually today, it came up in my little memory thing, but um, I'm just not good at it uh, as far as Facebook, but Twitter, Twitter is, um, I, I think I found a community who doesn't care if they're a part of what you're doing and they don't care if they're making money off of what you're doing. They appreciate quality work ethic, quality sounds genuine sounds, genuine feelings, uh, genuine attempts to connect with someone and to engage with someone. Um, I think I've found like a nice group of people that are just like that on Twitter. Um, as far as like toxicity, uh, shit, I got this guy who's been harassing me. He's literally still tweeting me now, um, about the fucking fight between Fury and, and <laughs> And he's just like, that guy is just like, I, I can't believe it's two days later and he's still fucking tweeting me. Yeah, happy Black History Month. And he's just fucking with me. And it's just like, I knew he was going to be an asshole. Like, I kind of like just tell the way he was talking to other people. And um, but I'm not like one to like in real life, you know, right. Avoid so much. But it's just like, you know, I made my point and I kind of like, you know, I knew when I was at peace, you know, but with with Twitter. I don't, the only reason why I don't keep it just music is because, um, I'm a real person. I'm more than my music, like everyone else, but I don't mind sharing that. And I know some people are uncomfortable. They're not ready. They don't know what to say. They censor themselves, which isn't a bad idea. I mean, if you look at, um, some of the, the biggest, you know, at least in hip hop, you know, Kendrick Lamar, he's never on Twitter. you J. Cole, never on Twitter. No Instagram, no trace of him until they drop an album. And while that's cool and they're successful and that probably works for them in their personal life because of how big a celebrity they are. Um, with me, I think my advantage is I'm not up there and I'm not a celebrity and I'm not super well known and I, I can still have my peace. You know what I mean? So I get to still be a real person. I still got to, I, I get to talk about what me and my wife ate for the day. I get to talk about, you know, the crazy shit that goes on in my head or dealing with depression or dealing with some sort of anxiety or, you know, uh, thinking about something crazy that happened to me on the street and just, you know, and sometimes people don't chime in because it's a like touchy sensitive thing. And sometimes people do and you wind up really helping somebody else through something that you didn't know anything about. And I, I really enjoy that about Twitter. And then boom, I hit you with a new song or share somebody else's music. And it's just like, it's, it's it's not you know one dimensional. It's it's multifaceted like we are as human beings. So right. I mean, Twitter is definitely fun for that. Right. Well, and I've 
I've really made friends. You know, uh, yeah. I have a, a co-host that calls in my cousin uh, named Rusty, and I used to think he was so weird because he used to play Final Fantasy XI, and it was an <laughs> online game, and he made like real friends, right? And I played the game too. Uh, with him for a couple months and kind of fell out of it but like he made real friends where he was like no I gotta you know so and so is gonna be on tonight and I used to think it was so odd and then when I first started rapping back in the sound click days I made like real fucking friends on the forum that like we made song and then now you know through Twitter or we have a discord for the podcast and you know Instagram all these places and people sitting in music I have like legitimate friends from all over the United States or the world actually of I don't, I've never met him or whatever. Like Arawadi, uh, I, he's going to be on the podcast that comes out tomorrow from when we're recording. If, when you listen to it, or if you did, it sounds like we've known each other since we were like 10 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just like, we just connected, right? And I've talked to him like three times on the podcast. That's it. And then we made a song together once. Um, but I just think that shit's really cool when you can find people that you're like, oh, they're fun. And it sounds so fucked up, but there's people I've never met in real life, but I've been talking to on the internet for a few months that I feel is way closer of a friend than people I grew up with. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I haven't talked to those. Yeah. I haven't talked to these people in forever and they don't care about my music. And if you don't care about my music, then obviously you don't care that much about me. I know that's fucked. And some people are like, no, you got to keep those separate. But for me, that seems impossible. Party. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, it's just a weird world. Um, and I feel odd because I would have never thought I would be someone who's like my internet friends, but I literally made an album called Internet Friends last year because oh, that's dope. of that. That's so. a dope concept. That is really dope. Uh I, I definitely agree. I mean, what's cool is uh when somebody I've never met who really like likes my music and you know, they might um follow me on Instagram and you know, I might post something, you know, I, I'm very like open about, you know what I do on a day to day, me and my wife, we do silly stuff and everyone tells us we should have a show, but it's kind of cool and not, not in a creepy way. Some people come off creepy and they don't mean to, but it's kind of cool when like somebody who's at least made an attempt to like talk with you, hold a conversation here and there will, you know, be in a city. Uh, like I had somebody, uh, who I didn't know at all that happened to live over in Hampton, just 20 minutes from where I live who um, she would follow on my tweets and, you know, she could tell when I was having a bad day. She listened to the first album I put out where I was really like going through some shit and uh, I was out somewhere and I didn't want to be out. And she's like, yo dude, you know, I know you don't know me at all, but I feel like we friends. Like I'll come through and, you know, so you don't have to be by yourself and shit like that. And it was like, it was cool. And then she wound up joining the military and it was like, she hit me up to, you know, give me the update and I was able to talk her through some shit and like, yo, you can't help it, man. And my, my next album is called What Friends. My next album is called What Friends. It doesn't have a release date yet. But I like that we're on this topic because um, when I talk about um, what friends, you know, people always go like, I don't get it. Where are you going with this? And it's the idea of being fully surrounded by people who love you and care about you, at least people you expect to, and still feeling like you have no one. and right. Feeling like, what friends? These people, they they don't feel that way. I don't feel connected to them. They're just here. But the album itself is full of features from people who are genuinely my friends, who came together and took time out of there to be a part of my album. So it's and it's really cool. I mean the um the cover is pretty interesting too. Uh, I can't wait to share it with everybody. It's it's a uh, it's like a snapshot of uh, remember Toy Story. Yes. Um, and Andy like leaves, you know, he goes off uh, to school and he, he his shoe is like turned over. Uh, well, you see Andy's shoe is turned over and it like it scratches out um, his name, Andy. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, freaking Woody. Woody. Yeah. And it scratches out Andy. And it's like, you know, that was like a big deal. So it's like, you know, a snapshot of all of uh, Andy's toys with their eyes, their eyes are solid white, like they're zombied and, you know, just dead. And uh, you see Woody's shoe and it's got CLNY scratched out of it. And it's just like, those are all my friends. Those are the people that I've outgrown and that I've surrounded myself with and I've shed them and I'm moving on to other things. But they're still on this album because they still matter to me. So it's what friends, but it's like, it's at the end of the album, like I realize like I'm actually surrounded by quite a bit of love. 
Well, I always enjoy a good concept album. My internet friends, when it was just, I wanted to make a bunch of collabs with friends, so it wasn't quite as deep. But no, that's that's definitely. If it wasn't for the cover art, man, my my album would be the same thing. Oh it, hell yeah! I'm I like little deep things that I can that I do in my head, and I never expect anybody to ask me about it. But when I get oh, to explain, it's like fun. I completely get it. My uh, first album that I I thought it was an EP, but then I learned later on that if you have eight songs, that's an album. And I was like, oh, I didn't. I thought that was still an EP. But when I made it. Uh, it was called Too Pretentious. It was the first thing like I ever made all the beats, and it was because I was like super fucking depressed. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna make this whole like free form flowing. Like my thoughts just came. I wrote it like the way I freestyle, if that makes sense. Which is, I guess, how I always rap. But it was very just literal, like, and thoughts kind of came to me, and I would rap them and blah blah blah. And I really enjoyed it, but it was called Too Pretentious because I felt like I was being too pretentious by being depressed. But most people don't get like they're like whatever. I mean, what do you mean by too pretentious? And I'm like, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it just doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter now anyway. Like, I hope you enjoy the songs; they're cool. Um, but I'm like, all my album titles, I'm very like particular about. Typically, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's. I think about it a long time. I think a long time about the order placement of songs, way more <laughs> than I think most people do. Where I'm like, oh no, this has to be perfect really has to be perfect um all right we've been going forever so there's a few things i was trying to end on one we touched on caviar music i will say at the time of us recording i'm gonna i'm gonna say my new song two different people is just secretly on his list for like a couple months from now uh, that's my prediction now that song i think is really good that i've come out to my most recent song but it's came out friday before us recording this and i've shared the link twice okay so, like, that's just a, an example, maybe like three times. I just don't, I feel like I would be oversharing it if I shared it every day, but I should be sharing it every day because I really yep. like it. Every day, every day. It sound, it's terrible. It, feel, it doesn't feel good. It's not comfortable, but that's how things catch on, honestly. So, so I'm going to try to start doing that as well. Try to take some of your advice. You got to just uh, speak up. But it's also because I share all these links to the podcast. I feel like I just overshare links that people are going to hate me. But I make a lot of shit. So I got to put it out there. Um, and then you did tell me that the reason why we're recording this is because you're about to like be overseas again, correct? So I'm, I'm headed to a, a officer boot camp. I was enlisted. Ah. And I'm going to the dark side of the military, make some make some good money and be in a different position and be able to help people. So I'm actually I'll be gone for uh, about four months. And, uh, yeah, I, I head out this weekend. Well, good luck and all that. Um, if you need any entertainment, check out our podcast. Uh, Absolutely. First chance I get. I will say the music episodes are really good. We have these best of music episodes here in 2020 every month. We got one of those, which goes back and listens to the old music episodes. Um, every Monday, we have my cousin on Snappy, who's kind of like a countryer version of me. And uh, then every Wednesday is when we will have like an artist like yourself call in or a friend just come over and shoot the shit. But anyway, check us out. You have four months, so you might enjoy it. Um, and then what song... Do you remember the song that you sent me to play? I sent you three. I sent you Crazy, I sent you The Traveler, and I sent you... Hmm, let me see. I have a notebook next to me that would have the names. But I was going to say, which one do you want me to play here at the end of the Uh, episode? I would say... I would say Traveler. Traveler? Uh, uh, Anything you want to say about this song? Um, It's off my very first album. Uh, it was a very, very, the album itself was a very beautiful piece of art. Um, it was very conceptual. Uh, it was, I never thought I would do a concept piece, but that's the way it came out. And it, it, um, I think everyone that hears that album gravitates to it and it makes them curious about more. So, uh, this joint traveler was a guy that I met at open mic that I paid 30 bucks to be a part of. And the mics didn't even work. Uh, his name is God KE. He's from uh, here in Newport news, Virginia. And um, it was cool that he came out and been a part of the track. It, it turned out really, really dope. And I think anybody who's lost somebody to um, struggles of addiction will be able to um, appreciate this record. Oh, hell yeah. Well, we'll play that here, and then good luck at your officer training. If you haven't changed too much, or even if you have, you can call in when you're done 
I grow, I grow, but that's about it. And we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Peace. She like to take trips without a passport It make it feel good and feel bad more Cause when she come down off it she feel the drag more She get herself clean and double back for it Leaving the family to witness everything, everything. Sacrificing her dreams and teaching a wedding ring Straight away from the church and now she meddling My partner judging like God, both hearts severing I promise I ain't see it going this way Lost in the ways of our parents, inherit dismay It's always a shit storm to the shit fade Referring to the toxicity as a mistake But I ain't mistook love in ages And you've been the header of all of my pages Staring the eyes of the love of her life But why she turns to the drug, she can't explain it Your people tell you charge it to the game Feel like I drowned in a pool, your eight ball different I'm always down to re-rack it, never throwing my sticking Put everything on the table, call your pocket and get it It's a shame how they play on your brain Knowing you got the most to gain, they ain't got pot to pissing Feel like I'm waging a war, but now the plot is different In the midst of the chaos and all the cops killing Her own people are serving, that's what I'm not feeling She give me the draws to escape withdrawals All of her vices, devices make love the opposition To watch her kill herself slow has become opposition Suicides develop such an allure The gravitational pull of using pure Push me away for wanting you to be cured And now the voice of the Lord has got competition This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart Plenty pain to write, I roll over and start This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart The pain, I write it down, I roll over and start This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart Plenty pain to write, I roll over and start This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart The pain, I write it down, I roll over and start Yo, addiction is real, we'll take you to a dark place The devil spawn, head wrong, we'll see your fade and make you lose everything Chasing a high, that can never be attained Have you wondering why, off a night spent crying Praying, falling on deaf ears Sweet poison, your remedy, so you stay at it, running game ashamed in age many years, biggest fear came true cause can't shake the habit, a dope addict fiend will do anything, tossed around out on the street, be on a mission, suck a dick for your next hit, play your position, so far gone, try to steer right, refuse to listen afflicted, the needle you're evil and got no pot to piss in, lost the trust of any who ever paid attention, Fill the rehab on five different occasions, simple fact death is approaching the realization, out of time losing your mind, the situation, luckily it was just you, ain't had no kids, but your parents lost patience and faith reneged from prom queen to a dope fiend Sad as shit, how did it happen? Ran with the niggas to start trapping Did a little blow so you opened them more Exploring different options Out and about, you had it popping Not knowing that you sniffed the wrong jaw The raw, 80% pure was hardly stepped on Experience a high like never before That moment was a game changer Body introduced to the headbanger Future dropped to the floor Had dreams of being a nurse but fell to the curse August 8, 2008 was buried in dirt For what it's worth, love I still remember Taking flowers to your grave 11th of December and you've truly been missed. This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart. Plenty pain to write, I roll over and start. This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart. The pain, I write it down, I roll over and start. This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart. Plenty pain to write, I roll over and start. This morning, I woke up with raps all in my heart. The pain, I write it down, I roll over and start. Thanks.